today I wanted to talk about that message that comes up in the background of our minds so often. And that message is, I can't afford it. I can't fit this thing, this experience, this upgrade, this improvement, this thing that's going to make a difference to me, to my family, to the quality of our life. I can't fit it into my life because it's too financially expensive, because I don't have the time for it, because I can't figure out where to get the energy to think about fitting it in or to spend the effort to do it. Or I can't fit it in because it's plain scary to do this thing that's so outside of the way I've come to experience my life for so long. That's debilitating. So stick around and let's explore this in today's episode. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Marsha, your host, and I'm looking forward to doing yet another episode of the Special Needs Parent Podcast because our journey as special needs parents, our journey through overwhelm and through change and through being unable to predict what's going to be around the corner and our journey to be resilient and to come through anyway. That's all so important for me to walk beside you on, to hold your hand on, to celebrate with you on, and to experience for my own self as well. I believe that what we are experiencing is making us stronger people, yes. But what we are experiencing is also teaching us lessons that outfit us so that we can hold somebody else's hand when they are going through it. See, we are each a few steps behind someone else on the same path, and we're a few steps ahead of someone else. And sometimes it feels like we're all alone and nobody else understands, and like we we don't have the right to keep showing up in this thing with positivity because we feel all alone. Nobody understands, nobody cares. And if that's happening, it's really important that we become supporters of each other. And that's why I run this podcast. So I'm Marsha Nathai Balkisun and I'm here because I'm holding space for me with every episode I do, and I'm holding space for you. I'm reaching out my hand and saying, friend, you are not alone. I'm finding other people who can share their expertise and their experiences and their stories, and I'm sharing mine as well. And I'd love to have you on to share a piece of your story, your wisdom, 
your inspiration, your tools with the rest of our community. Whether you're coming from a place of overwhelm or whether you're coming from somewhere else within the special needs parenting journey, reach out to me. I'd love to find a way to let your voice be added to all the amazing voices here on the Special Needs Parent Podcast. If you want more support beyond all of the content in the past 80 plus episodes of this podcast, reach out to me as well. I share a lot of resources free of charge. I I run a community and I put a lot of resources up free on my social media and share through my email. Plus, I do coaching and training and speaking to support. So I'd love to add you to the people that I can help in deeper ways, in more customized ways, and in ways that communicate how you can be supported by a community as well. All the best to you, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. It's totally normal. If you tell yourself you can't figure out how to make space or time to fit something into your life, to get outside of the rut or the routine of how life works for you, it's totally normal to look at some of the scarcity that characterizes life with your special needs child, life with all of your other priorities and demands. It's totally normal to look at all of that and say, I really can't see that there's space to redistribute my resources. So that I make time for this thing, so that I make energy for this thing, so that I carve out a little space in my schedule for something else. I understand it because that's been me for far too long. And it actually took me seven years, maybe, in my journey as a special needs parent before I started saying, surely, surely, I deserve more than this. And I may have known I deserve more than this, but surely, surely I can fit it in. I can figure it out. And that doesn't mean that it ever was easy to make the shifts. But it does mean that because I started to shift how I thought, and because I started to shift the emotions I had with it, so that I desired the change, I started to feel more commitment to making that change happen and therefore trying out solutions until one stuck and I could start making the shifts in small ways that might have been inconsistent sometimes and I try and fail or I try and succeed and slowly I could practice certain things more consistently until they became habits until they became real possibilities and not an experiment. So why don't we talk a little bit 
about some of the ways that we can make the shifts to support what you need for you or for your child or for your family. One of the things that got to me the most when I was interacting with others outside of my family was that I would be asked, how's it going? And if I actually thought somebody really wanted the answer and I said, well, you know, I'm struggling because or my daughter Emma is challenged by certain things and this is how it's impacting our family. I usually got frustrated because the answer I would get 99.9% of the time was, oh, well, you know, you should get somebody to look after her for a while and take a break. You need a break, so just get somebody to look after her and go to therapy or get some sleep because you, you, you wake all through the night or do something to, to, to reduce your stress. And that answer <laughs> would trigger me. And if I used to curse, I would be so foul-mouthed because to me it was such an uncaring response to just say, oh, that's an easy thing to fix. Get somebody to see about your child. Free up yourself. And as if it were that easy. See, if it were that easy, wouldn't I have, wouldn't I have done it before? There's a reason I haven't done it yet. And why aren't you compassionate enough to... Even acknowledge that, right? I eventually learned to come out of that rut. I cannot change how people respond. I can change having to face those responses by only sharing with people that I trust, by choosing my circle carefully, and by editing out the people who no longer fit whose judgments or blase attitude toward me and my family just were not a fit and did not help me to feel good. In fact, did the opposite. And that was the beginning of me making space for my management of stress. Yeah, so finding energy and finding space started with creating the circle around me. And unfortunately, what that meant is a lot of people self-selected themselves out. Never called, never came, that's fine. I had to learn not to grieve them. Because that was emotionally challenging for me, this constant grief and longing to be loved enough by them. The fact is, if they're not there for you and they don't care, you're wasting your time. So, at, at some point, I learned, okay, grieve, feel it, feel the anger and feel all the other negative emotions around this. Really feel it, really name it, really experience it, but then don't get stuck there. Move on out of there so that you can move forward.
So that was the first one. Related to some of what we talked about just now is the element of time. Where do I get time to go to therapy, to get some sleep, to do something for me? Like read a book, like be creative, like go out. It was something that stymied me. It's so easy for somebody to toss out, take some time for yourself. But that was so hard to do when my child was seizing or there were so many needs that both my husband and I felt we had to be around 24-7. When she would be waking through the night and therefore you're terrified to go to sleep in case her breathing is interrupted or she aspirates or some other emergency thing comes up and you are fast asleep and your child struggles. You know, and you have full-time jobs, so my husband would be out and when he came back from work, I would relinquish time with him and I would get ready and go to work. I worked evenings and nights, he worked days, still do. And that's the way that we'd pull off two full-time jobs. One as full-time carers and one as our full-time day work to earn a salary to care for our family. So where do you get time in your schedule when your schedule already is the equivalent of two full-time jobs for both of us? And then you have people who say, well, why are you working full time? <laughs> because the finances are not easy. I can't make ends meet easily, even with two full time jobs. When you have to think about emergencies and making sure that you have things in place. When you know one day you may have to do surgery and the money needs to be there. You need to be planning for it all along. So you don't get to let up. You don't get to say, I'm stopping. And even if you bite the bullet and you decide to be a stay-at-home parent with a special needs child, that brings a whole lot of responsibility and demands on your time. So where do you get the time? For me, that time didn't come. It didn't come for many, many years. And that leads right into where do we find the extra energy? Where do we just suddenly figure out how to come up with more effort when every single day we draw down on our willpower until it's totally depleted. We become experts at draining our willpower tank, using every last drop of willpower just to keep putting one foot in front of another, just to keep holding space for our children, just to keep fighting against the systemic things 
that really are bashing us down and grinding us into the ground sometimes. That willpower that keeps us figuring out how to make miracles from limited finances. That willpower that says you may not be living the way you thought life would have turned out. But there's such love and determination inside of you and inside of every one of the people in your family and inside your child most of all. There's this love and this light and this faith that all is as it should be. Have you seen that in your child? Because I see it in my child and I am awed by it. I'm inspired by it. But despite that, it's really hard to keep tapping into that and using that as the source of your motivation. Because you're human and you run low, right? So when you have something new to do, something scary to do, something that's going to take a heck of a lot of planning and a lot of contingencies need to be thought through well if this goes wrong what's the second version of the plan and if that goes wrong and somebody puts something in your way what are you going to do there and when this funding is not going to come through if you live in a third world country like me it's likely there is no funding to come through but so many of my friends who are special needs parents say we apply for the funding and then we find out we don't qualify or there's some sort of loophole and we should have applied through some other direction or it's only available to certain people who didn't access something else or because of where we live or because of certain conditions or the age of our child we should have started this process for five years ago and now it's too late I'm sure many, many people who listen to this right now are saying, yep, I can identify with that feeling. It's frustrating. And it really, really takes away your hope sometimes if you let it. So you have to be a sort of hope generator, don't you? And that's our job. Our job is to figure out how do I get past this overwhelm and this feeling of being drained and this tendency to rely on our memories of all the other times that we've really felt like the world was bashing us in the head with a baseball bat and everything was stacked against us and, and, and everything was designed to make us feel and be frustrated and to watch our child struggle. And if you're feeling that, I identify with it. But all I can say is don't give up because that system, that feeling, that feeling is not meant to win. And before this episode is up, we're going to talk about a few things that just might help. Certainly, there are even more nuances to this conversation. But finances must be added in there. So here's the fourth question. Where or oh where 
are we supposed to find the finances to be the parents we want to be to our children to care for all the emergent things that come up the emergencies that come up that we can't predict the things we see coming into being slowly slowly dragging us towards some scary future and we know we have to plan for it because at some point we're going to need funds for it and that could be that our child is growing and we need bigger bath equipment a retrofitted bathroom a way to get them up and down stairs and that's serious equipment a wheelchair that keeps growing in size and growing in complexity and therefore growing in cost clothes that change because if a child cannot bend their arms how do i get a shirt on that's one of the things that i'm struggling with um and so how do i take my child to have an a not typical everyday experience like taking them to the beach i went to a store and i asked do you all have a wheelchair and it wasn't even a special needs wheelchair that i could put my child in because that would be pricey i asked do you have a regular wheelchair for an adult that i can sit in and sit my child on me so that we could push her along the beach and the person laughed and said no we don't have anything like that um the wheelchairs we have will allow your child to 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 to, to be out and about in a regular setting so just because my child is special needs most of the stores didn't see that there was a need for my child to have other experiences outside of regular concrete jungle settings most of us are in a model where we are trading time for money we work a certain number of hours in exchange for a certain amount of money that income is supposed to help us to live our lives but when the fortnight or the week or the month is done and we look at the income what we were told we are working for is not what's in our palm and that's because chunks have been taken out for taxes for insurances for emergency expenses for all of our bills and if you were able to set anything aside for something that's coming down the road and you're setting it aside for that then good on you it's not so likely that everybody is able to do it but great if you can and then you look at what's left and it's like pennies on the dollar in your hand and yet those pennies on the dollar are meant to be used to get you therapy to deal with the things that are stressing you 
to check in, do preventive health care for your child, stay on top of your child's well-being, do more than basic nutrition, right? Because you want to give your child the best nutrition in order that they have the best longevity and quality of life. And you also want that for yourself because you need to be around to see about your child for that long. Somewhere in there, shouldn't you also have the right to enjoy your life? So out of those pennies, there should be some entertainment. And lately, I have a teen son. And my son has been getting some exposure to style from his peers. He doesn't get much from me, to be honest. I'm not the most stylish person. And I don't beat myself up about that. But my son has been calling, calling me out. My son has been saying, you aren't stylish at all. You have no sense of style or taste. And he's looking at the fact that I don't wear brand name clothes and I don't feel motivated to do those things at all. I'm at a place in my life where it does not matter to me. And he's at the place in life where the peer group is shaping how he sees me. And he's asking for things that financially I cannot prioritize. Were I living a life with different priorities, I may have had the extra money to say, sure, go buy these things. But my extra money already has things written as their purpose. So I don't have the extra money to pay somebody to come look after my child so I can go out to a party. I don't have the extra money to go buy some $5,000 dress and look fancy. I don't have the extra money for a financial planner or for a physical trainer. I don't have the money for a therapist or a spa visit or a deep tissue massage person to come once a week or a manicure or pedicure. Most special needs parents that I know, unless they have some funding for respite care, find themselves saying much the same thing. And this is not a reflection that we are lazy bums, that we don't work hard to earn money. But the fact is that making ends meet can be difficult. And I acknowledge this. So we're also going to talk just a little bit about that. So the question we built this whole episode around was how in heaven's name do I fit some new thing in? How do I afford it? How do I make time for it? How do I find the effort to keep pushing through to make this thing real? 
how do I emotionally make myself emotionally resilient and enthusiastic and happy about it instead of being drained and stressed and predicting all the ways it could go wrong. That's what we want to find out. And it's so easy, isn't it, for us to look back on the experiences we've had so far and pick out the experiences that prove that this is not going to be smooth, that there are going to be lots of stumbling blocks and it's going to be painful for us if we even dare to go in that direction of trying to do something else, something new, something outside of the ordinary, whether it's a remodel or vacation with our child or building a new habit. All of that is scary stuff. It's so easy for us to see all of the reasons why we shouldn't, why we should hold on to the way things are because even though the way things are is uncomfortable, it's discomfort that we are accustomed to, is it not? So it's comfort in our discomfort. And see, we know we've survived living in this discomfort. So we can continue to survive. But if we do this new thing, this new way, this new inclusion or upset, there's no guarantee that it's going to be smooth. There's no guarantee it's going to be painless. In fact, history has shown us that it brings a lot of pain and discomfort and frustration and anger and butting of heads and financial unease and, 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 and even more draining of energy and blame and shame and, and the list goes on and on, right? So shouldn't we give up instead of even trying, instead of even thinking about it? Don't even consider it, right? Well, here's my take. I think that's all very understandable and you won't be wrong to be thinking it. But I also think you and I and our families, we deserve to have happy lives. Happy lives. Fulfilled, joyful lives. Even though things are tough. Circumstances are hard. Doesn't change the fact that I am here in this life and I'm meant to enjoy it. And you are meant to enjoy your life too, friend. So if it is our right to enjoy life, if it is our duty to ourselves to enjoy life, to make life worth living, do you see where I'm going? Then we have to lean in to the discomfort. 
then we have to dare to say, I don't want to stick with the uncomfortable life I'm in now, even though I'm comfortable with it. I want to envision something better. And I want to push through and take on new discomfort in order to create a new paradigm for myself, in order to create new processes and systems, in order to learn new habits, in order to teach my child new things, in order for me to teach myself new things. And you know what? I'm willing to do without something from this particular stage of life I'm in in order to add something new that I think in the long run is going to be better. So let me give you an example. For about 10 years, I have a little adjoining bath and toilet to my bedroom. It's really a little strip adjoining the master bedroom. But for about 10 years, it's been deteriorating pretty badly. But I've never invested the money to care for my own bathroom because there have always been more important things to do. To care for Emma's health, to look after my son's well-being, to see about our health as opposed to the, the beauty of the surroundings, that we the, the, the room that we use. Well, the bath and toilet have deteriorated really badly. And while those 10 years have passed, Emma has also grown. She's 11 years old. And Emma is so big now and so heavy now that lifting her up into her arms to walk her to her bathroom, to put her in a bath seat, under the shower, strap her up and give her a bath and then take her wet body back up onto ourselves and walk her back to the bedroom to change her. That is uncomfortable, painful, debilitating and also risky to her and to us. So, we knew that we had to finally fix our bathroom. We also knew that because we had to invest in a new bath chair and in lots of different equipment and so on for M, the extra in inverted commas money that we had was already spoken for and we've been spending that over the last year. So I'm looking at a fairly low bank account and I'm being told that retrofitting this bathroom is going to cost like $50,000 for this little bathroom because it has to be gutted and redone. And the reason it's going to cost $50,000 is I've bought a bath chair on wheels where we strap Emmy on in her bedroom and then we'll be able to wheel her into the bathroom, give her the bath and then wheel her back to the bed. 
that's the only viable way that we can say about it. It's like a rehab room, bathroom. So we bite the bullet and we do it. But what it does is it depletes my savings account down to negatives. In other words, I have to go into a savings account that we have for surgery firm. I have to dip into that in order in order to fund the bathroom if I want to care for Em and for us properly. That was scary for me. There's a lot of guilt and fear that comes when you go to your child's savings account for surgery and you take money out to fix a bathroom. <sighs> I can't tell you how much I had to talk to myself about this. And here's what I came up with eventually. Money is a form of energy. And I've been accumulating this energy, this money in that account. And it's there to provide for M if and when she needs this surgery. And it is very likely it's a when, not an if. And it's going to take time to save it. So I'm drawing down from it and I'm taking away energy from what my child's future need will be. And I realize I'm taking away from future need and I'm putting energy into current need. I'm filling up positive energy in my home right now. I'm providing for my child that's love and that's support and that's care and that's safety. That's risk management for Sean and for me and for Em and for the nurse, all of whom are at risk every time we lift her and take her to the bath. And so by reworking it in my mind and seeing it as a flow of energy, not a loss, I'm able to breathe a little easier. That work is currently underway in my home. And I know my child will be better for it. I know I will be better for it. It's going to be uncomfortable. I didn't want my bathroom to be a rehab bathroom, a wet room. I wanted a bathroom that could be mine. I can't have everything I want but I can be really, really happy and fulfilled that my child is being well cared for when that bathroom is done. And I will also be well cared for because for the first time in 10 years, I'll have a nice functional bath. So that's one of the answers. Maybe it will help a lot of you who listen. And the second one is so... No matter what you're talking about, where do I get the finances? The facts are that so many times we have to do without. If we don't have it, we can't get it. You have two options if you need to find more. One is to ask for help. And you can ask for help from people you know, like family and friends. And that really can feel embarrassing. And people might shame you when you ask. 
you feel really really tiny really really small you feel people looking down their nose at you like why can't you help yourself even though that's what you've been doing so many years so that's an option but you can also do a request for funding or do some fundraising so i know people do um they open these accounts and they ask people to help to raise funds so by donating you get some help to achieve your project to buy your um wheelchair for your child and so on that's an option or you can do a fundraiser where you make or sell something and that helps you with the money i'm not telling you anything new but sometimes hearing it from somebody else helps you to crystallize what feels right so i'm still listing it and the next one is the way that i've gone as well so last year i i got to the point where i i just didn't know how to pull off any more finances but things were really snowballing for me and i did ask i asked a few i asked one one family member and i think that family member mentioned it to other people and i think i got financial help from four persons different amounts um but it didn't matter how much it really really felt scary for me and embarrassing for me to ask but i got the help that i needed and that helped me to get a wheelchair for him um maybe about 4 years after she really needed it but it's there now and she loves it you can scroll through my videos in my facebook profile uh if you want to see em on the wheelchair when we took her to the mall not so long ago so the second way that you could deal with having short finances is if you aren't right now finding other ways to get finances rather than trading your time for money it would be to find ways to get finances in other ways for example if you do a service that you sell in addition like as a side gig <clears throat> maybe you are good at graphics and you could do some graphic art or post social media posts for coaches who don't have time to do it and they'd happily pay you a certain amount you could sit in 3 hours and make up 30 posts for them month and they pay you and what you do is every day for 30 days you post out their posts for them you add a lot of value for them you save them a lot of time and they pay you and the advantages you can create all of those things in your quiet moments in the middle of the day in the middle of the night when you find 10 minutes at a time you know so what are you good at what do you enjoy what lights you up can you find a way to take your talent or your love 
for something and turn that into making a money-making skill or service. Can you go up on Fiverr? Can you go on different sites and offer your service so that you earn money? That can really help you. So give it some thought and send me a message if you have some thoughts because I'd love to help you to come up with some more ideas. You deserve not just to be living, but to be loving living. And it's not the easiest thing for us to do every day. But little by little, little, we can shift into doing it more. Most important of all, and this is the thing that often we don't even remember to do or we don't put much importance on doing we discount it as really having no impact and no value is to get very clear on what it is you want to fit in what it is you want to achieve or do or have let me tell you why that's so important most of our life we spend in the trenches feeling the squeeze and the pain and the doubt and the fear and the hurt and the grief and the shame and the anger see how many negative things i've named there and the more we immerse ourselves in those negatives and i'm not saying not to feel those things because if they are genuinely the experiences that you are having you need to feel those things but the more we immerse in those things alone or mostly in those things, the more we train ourselves to expect life to bring those feelings to us predominantly. And we need to help ourselves to find the light and find the hope and find the excitement and find the enthusiasm and find the joy again that's hard to do if we are painting negative emotions on every wall in our life so set aside the time set aside the emotional space Set aside the willpower to give yourself time to envision what it is you want to fit in, what it is you want life to look like, what it is you want to establish for your child or for yourself, whether it's equipment, whether it's behavioral, whether it is emotional, whether it is a structure, a plan, a system, whether it is finding a new doctor or a new team, whether it is tooling yourself up so that you can handle certain challenges more easily, whether it is finding the finances so that you can afford the equipment you want for your child. And you don't have to envision the process of finding the finances, for example. 
I want you to be clear on the end result that you want. That's all. Picture what it is you want. You want that wheelchair for your child? Picture a child in the wheelchair. Picture what you will be able to do with your child. Picture yourself doing it with your child. Your child is sitting in this wheelchair and your child is comfortable. Your child is supported. Your child is beaming. And you, your heart, is expanding with so much joy and love and pride. Because you've provided this for this child. Because it feels good to not see your child struggling in whatever you had before. Because it feels good not to see somebody else struggling to lift your child, whether that's you, your husband, whoever. Do you realize what I'm asking you to do? I'm asking you to see that thing come to pass. But more than that, I'm asking you to feel the feelings you will have as you experience that thing as a reality in your life. Take yourself into that future moment. Immerse yourself there and truly experience it. All of a sudden, let me tell you what you're going to feel. All of a sudden, you no longer are going to have to push to motivate yourself to get there because how good it feels to already be there. You've experienced that and that's going to pull you there. You're not going to have to find the motivation. You're not going to have to grind because the joy of that end point is already set in your mental and emotional memory. And you can tap into that and find yourself lighting up and saying, oh gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to have this, to do this, to be this, to see this, to live this. I love it already. And you know what? It's going to be easier to make it happen. Because now, you are not on the side saying, here's why it, I am afraid. Here's why I doubt. Now you're on the side of saying, it has to happen. I'm going to find a way. I'm committed to it. And I'm not afraid. I'm no longer stuck in where I am now, in the life I live now. Because I know there's better. And that better is calling my name. That's what I wish for you. That's what I wish for me. And that's a big part of how we do it, friend. If you want some more support on this, there's an episode near the beginning set of episodes on this podcast. And it's all about building your audacious vision. Go listen to that one. And be well until the next episode. Don't forget to share this with others who need support. Love you. See you next time.